Hey ladies, welcome to the Yas and Amen podcast, where we talk about growing in our faith with biblical truths, real life testimonies, and meditating on God's word. Now I'm your host, Priscelis Dominguez. Let's get it. Hey friends, welcome back for another episode. I want to share a little disclaimer in the beginning uh, in realizing and in actually listening to the very first episode of this season. I realized there was a lot of different sounds that happened in the background. (laughs) Not a lot, but every once in a while during the episode. Um, And yeah, it's just a reality. I live in New York City. Um, This is not being recorded in a studio. It's being recorded in my bedroom. Um, So even though I have a mic for podcasting, you're just going to pick up some things because I live in the loudest city in the world. (laughs) So just a little disclaimer. Um, Hopefully it doesn't distract you um, or if you mishear something. Feel free to let me know and I can clarify anything that I was trying to say that maybe you didn't understand. But let's get into it today. Uh, Today's episode is about the four areas of my life that I've needed the most healing in. And so throughout my life, I've had definitely several many things that have happened that have uh, required healing and healing processes and things that I'm still healing from that perhaps uh, on this side of eternity, I will not experience healing in. But uh, I want to touch on four different specific ones that really uh, kind of address a diverse uh, set of ways that people kind of go through things and heal from things. I think sometimes the word healing um, is not necessarily associated with grief or loss of a loved one, right? Although we definitely need to heal from that, right? Sometimes uh, healing is not based on something that we decided to do that perhaps had a consequence. And so people may not think or consume the idea of healing. And so I'm going to talk through four things. I'm going to talk about the form of kind of I'm going to talk about how it affected me um, in the different parts of my life that it affected me. And then as a result, just uh, what has happened since then and how I'm looking, how I'm choosing to look at those things um, in a specific way. All right. So the first thing, if you've been around at any point in the past few few years, uh, I don't talk about this often, but I have every once in a while that I lost my dad when I was 11 years old. Um, This was actually two months after 9-11. Uh, I was 11 years old, like I said, and this was November 12, 2001. He was headed to the Dominican Republic, which is where we're from, uh, for a bit of a business trip to visit family, but also business trip. We have a family hotel over there. Actually, we currently still have it, but he was building it then at that time. Uh, and so he was headed on a regular trip. As always, he didn't leave the day before because that was my brother's birthday and he didn't leave another date. That's just the day he decided to go. And that morning at around nine something in the morning, uh, the plane went up and a few minutes later it went down. Uh, And it was at at JFK. So if you know JFK, JFK is near Rockaway Beach. Uh, And so actually it probably was a few inches or feet away from the from land it a lot of people maybe he would have survived or even a few but no one survived and then even some people on who were on on the ground uh, in Rockaway Beach also passed away unfortunately so I lost my parent uh, one of my parents at 11 years old um, I you know I if you asked me then I I could not tell you what death necessarily was or what it felt like I had lost a few family members before this uh, but from a distance and still I could not really grasp the understanding or what death specifically was and but what I had to I had to when I was 11 I had to when I lost my dad because uh, he was close to me and he was a great father and um, so I would say the thing that I needed to heal from in that was uh, emotionally I needed to heal emotionally because a lot of uh, the love that I received 
uh, was from him. He was a great father. And my mom is so loving. Thankfully, I grew up in a very uh, loving and affectionate home, and that included him, which for, if you know the Dominican culture, in many ways that is surprising because um, men are not often expressive or affectionate um, with their family members or just in general that is seen as weak or as feminine. Uh, and he didn't grow up with his dad. Uh, he grew up with only pretty much brothers. And yet he still got to choose um, that he acknowledged that being emotional uh, with maturity and wisdom was a good thing. And so he expressed a lot of love in our home. And so I think the thing that I had to heal from the most in losing my dad was uh, emotionally that I had to deal with this love that was consistent in my life and present in my life until 11 and then all of a sudden it was gone all of a sudden it was not there I, I couldn't ease out of it um I couldn't um I didn't fore foreknow that it was going to be it just abruptly happened uh, and so a lot of my healing was emotional so in that time my school assigned me a therapist a counselor that changed my life and um, that's when I at 11 is when I learned the value and importance of therapy and how um, impactful and, and, and powerful and needed it is. And so that was something that helped me grow emotionally. I was a part of a church community that definitely helped me grow uh, and heal emotionally. And then as I just have continued to be an adult, um, continuing to heal emotionally. Now, death, compared to a lot of other things that we experience in life, uh, comes with grief. And grief really does not have an end date. So in the midst of healing while grieving, um, it can kind of feel like it's just going to be for the rest of my days. And and I want to encourage someone out there because that may sound discouraging. But what I would hope that is that we see it as encouraging that Christ will be with us in the midst of all of that, right? That he will actually carry us in the midst of grief. That's one thing. The second thing is that grief not always is bad because it has longevity more so because it means we will continue to remember the person it continues that it means that we would continue to remember what they did how they lived how they impacted our life um, and that 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 memory of grief that will come with that and that's totally okay and i think we get to wrestle with that and sit in the middle of that right when it's happening we don't see that and we don't want that right we don't want grief for the rest of our days but i have found comfort in the continuous grief of not having a father um when i look at my son and the things that he does and the things his milestones that my dad is not here to see or even the things that i do that my dad is not here to be a witness of um it just it gives me uh, more fire to keep going and and remember that he did so many things um and left a legacy for my for the opportunities that i have um, but also it just helps me honor him and honor the life that he lived. Uh, so a lot of healing from losing my dad has come with intentional living, with therapy, uh, with acknowledging that grief probably has no end date um, and really embracing the memories that I have versus trying to suppress them. All right. The second thing is, uh, and this is just, uh, I, I want to, I probably should have said this in the beginning, but I want to give a trigger warning if you've had uh, an abortion or you recently did or that's just triggering for you perhaps skip a few minutes here because that's what I'm going to talk about for the next few minutes um, but I got an abortion uh, in June 2000 sorry July 2022 
Uh, so I was freshly graduated from college. I actually found out I was pregnant the day of my graduation. Um, I went to Parent Parenthood, Planned Parenthood that morning, got got the test or whatever they do to check. And then um, and then I went to my graduation. <laughs> I literally went to my graduation. Um, and I think only one friend knew and then the guy knew. Um, and then I literally went to Indonesia that night. It's wild. It's a wild story. I think I talk about it in my, my very first episode here on this podcast. So if you're more into in the whole story, go check that out. But I came back three weeks later, um, had already planned that trip. So I didn't cancel it. I did a fundraiser for it. I didn't want to, you know, waste people's money and, and their support of me. So I came back, I was there for a few weeks, three or four weeks. Um, I came back and um, I got the abortion. The guy in many ways, like just like forced me and was um, shaming me around it. And so I ended up getting an abortion and um, so at that point, again, only he and my best friend knew none of my family knew I was living with my mom at the moment. I had just previously broke up with that guy. So, and we were living together. So, um, I had nowhere to live basically. And I hadn't lived at home since I was 17 and I was 22. So I was living in my mom's house again. Um, all my stuff was in my old apartment where that guy lived. Um, and, and I got an abortion and I was going home every day. I had, a, I got a job. I was going home every day um in pain and bleeding and and just so many things that i was experiencing and i was by myself so a lot of the healing that i had to do was physically in obvious reasons and ways because it was a physical thing that i did um but also mentally mentally because of the shame um so also some background information i was not christian at that time i was not going to church i didn't believe in jesus um, i didn't believe in the bible i did grow up in the church but i left it at 17 and all that stuff so i i was definitely in the world believing all these different kinds of things so i didn't have shame in the sense of sin my my, my shame was not coming from the sense of sin because i didn't believe in sin but even in that in that time jesus met me and he comforted me and he loved on me. And so in my moments that I felt the loneliest, that I felt the most shame, that I felt the most guilt, that I was in physical pain, that I was in emotional pain, that I was in mental pain, that I was maybe also, you know, even considering how to do things differently and move to a different country. Like I was just in not in a good place in my mind and doing just wild things too on the day to day. Um, I felt the peace of God. I felt the comfort of God. And I couldn't tell you then that it was that I could, I would have told you that it was like, no, it's the marijuana. No, it's the, um, I'm just be I'm able to sleep better. This is this and that I could, I could have told you that it's all these other things. But when I look back in retrospect, I'm like, wow, God, you were there. Uh, and so in that season, he was healing me, even though I was not choosing him. And whew, if we're going to talk about the kindness of God, that is the kindness of God, y'all. Um, and so looking back now, and that was about 11 years ago, throughout time, I've had to continue to heal. So yes, he healed me a lot that summer and that year, especially physically, uh, but mentally I've had to heal a lot. For years, when I did come back to Jesus, um, after that, for years, I was like, he's not going to let me become a mom because of that. Or um, I would have shame. I wouldn't really like necessarily like talk about it because I'm like, people don't really talk about this in the church. It was just still like a lot of healing needed because um, I just felt deep shame and even just anger also towards the guy that I had been with. Um, and so my healing has had to include forgiveness around that, right? My healing has had to include forgiveness of myself, of the guy. Uh, my healing has had to include telling my family that when I was living in their home, when I was living in my mom's home, this is what happened. Uh, and 
it has been so liberating. It has been so liberating and so uh, beautiful. And now when I look back and, and I see that I have a son now and that God um, wasn't the bad God I thought and that he wasn't going to give me the consequence that I assumed or thought he would because of what I had done, that again, he is so kind. And so uh, I I could tell you in compared to the first thing I mentioned, this is something that I feel fully healed in. Um, so praise the Lord. <laughs> I feel fully healed in this. Uh, and there'll be another episode where I do a meditation on healing and the different forms of healing that the Bible talks about, because I think we miss sometimes that, yeah, that when people talk about what they've healed from, uh, I think also we want to talk to people what we haven't healed from, what we're, what we're still in the process of. And that's why I mentioned the my losing my dad, because that was 22 years ago, and I'm still grieving that. I'm still healing from that. And so I think it's so important that we, too, talk about what people, um, what we could, what we're still healing from, because that also encourages people because not not all of us will be healed on this side of eternity. Um, and that's really important that we all acknowledge that and live in that understanding. We need to know that um, in the midst of healing. All right. The third thing is spiritual abuse at a church. So, I mean, if you literally just got here, then maybe you don't know. But I talk a lot about this on my blog, on my website, in the things that I do, in the ministry that I have. Um, in my ministry is not fully only about that, but I definitely deeply care about it and talk about it. Um, and so, and, and it's from a place of experiencing myself, but also from a place of seeing it happen so much in the church. And so, uh, in my first job at a church that I worked at, I was spiritually abused. Uh, and that lasted almost a year about, I was a member first and then I, and then I, uh, became a staff member. And that's when I experienced, uh, most of the abuse. And I couldn't tell you when I left there that that was the word that I, that I was abused. I wouldn't be able to use that language. And even now people probably would use words like church hurt. I don't love that term and terminology. Uh, I think because it belittles people's experiences. Uh, people for the most part are not hurt. They are harmed. <laughs> uh, there's a big difference in, in what that means because harm means there were wounds, right? Harm just holds uh, more weight. And I think if we use the language that held more weight, then the body of Christ would probably respond to it better. But I am going off a tangent. So I want to talk about healing from spiritual abuse um, from a church, right? From being part of a church. Uh, and so those two things that I needed to heal was spiritually and relationally. So spiritually, I needed to heal because spiritual abuse is often because uh, the case that scripture or um, relationship with God is manipulated or misused or misabused to kind of control people or lead people um, or teach people. And so that was my experience. And so I needed to heal spiritually. What that meant was that I needed to relearn the Bible. I needed to relearn Jesus. I needed to relearn um, my relationship with Jesus, my understanding of Jesus and his word um, and his, his commandments and his mission. I needed to relearn all of that because I had been mistaught uh, on purpose, so many things that were not biblical. And so my healing was that the relearning and unlearning. And some people call that a deconstruction process. Um, and I don't, I'm not particularly a one to use that word a lot, but that was my healing component of spirituality that I really needed to know Jesus for who he is and not who he's been taught to me as. Uh, the second part of that healing was relationally because I definitely built deep relationships and uh, good relationships and friendships with the people that were part of that church. And so when we left, no one really, no one left with us. 
one two most people i would say didn't even really like believe us or were interested in why we left which was a very interesting thing to experience um and then the third thing is that we were being um the the pastors were telling people kind of like to not uh believe us and not um and to be watchful of like what we're saying and stuff like that right so all those different things led to us really struggling relationally and having to heal um and and make new friends um as well as even heal from the fact that these people were we thought were our people turned out to not really be our people when things got hard and things got difficult and painful and so we had to heal from that too which included forgiveness and that doesn't mean we had a conversation with every single person but it did mean that we had to move on in that way now i want to make a note because i think it's important for us to know to notice this so for example my husband and i are from new york city born and raised and the church we were part of was in new york uh when we left thankfully we still did have community we had friends here in New York City. We had um, our family that is from here and that lives here. And that is very different from someone who has come to New York City or come to anywhere that they didn't grow up in and don't have family and friends to kind of like fall back on, which is, I think, actually the reason why many people do stay in an abusive church or circumstance in, in a church setting because that is the only community they know because they're not from that town or city. And so I think we get to have grace, but we also get to understand that in a deeper way as we then show up for the for people as the church, um, for people who have that specific experience. But even in the midst of that, even being from New York, um, that was still very painful and we still needed to heal. And so we need to heal spiritually and relationally in that circumstance. And the fourth area that I want to touch on is the emergency C-section I ended up having. Again, if this is a trigger warning for you, um, yeah, you can just skip ahead a few minutes, um, take care of yourself and your mind. But in June 2021, uh, I gave birth to my little favorite human being in the world, Moses Peace Dominguez. And um, it was through an emergency C-section. Now, a little background of that, uh, if you want to re hear the whole uh, birth story. We did a recording of that, I believe, September 2021. So go back to that season and check it out. But basically, I was um, going to a doula and a midwife for most of my pregnancy. I did not see OBGYN. I was not registered at a hospital. I was determined to give a birth, um, give birth in a pool at the birthing center in New York City. And then 39 weeks and two days, I was risked out of that. The last ultrasound that I did said the baby was too big. They were saying that he was like almost 10 pounds um, based on the ultrasound, which if you didn't know, ultrasounds uh, are 50% off. They are not, they are 50% accurate and the other 50% they are inaccurate. So it's so, so interesting that, um, yeah, these things are decided on based on 50% accuracy. Uh, and so, but it was God's divine will. So we uh, ended up being risked out and 31, 39 weeks and two days, I had to find a hospital to give birth in and register for it and find OBGYN and meet with them and um, yeah, go checked in. It was just, it was the wildest time and we ended up 
scheduling an induction. Uh, I think it was Juneteenth. Yeah, it was Juneteenth, Father's Day, 2021. <laughs> um, happy Father, first Father's Day to my husband. We went to the hospital to do the induction and spent a few days there. And then on the third day, um, had an emergency C-section for different reasons. Um, and so for me, the healing from that was physically and mentally. So physically in, in very obvious ways and reasons. Um, for the immediate part, right? For the immediate part of the the first few weeks of postpartum, but also the physically of just even recently and now. Um, this is something very, very vulnerable and I probably wouldn't post this, something that I'm sharing here, but I have something called diastasis recti, which a lot of women get, which is when your abdomen split um, and that happens a lot when women give birth. Um, but mine on the upper part has just been kind of like getting larger throughout time. And so I still look pregnant. I still, I, I look pretty like pretty much like six or seven months pregnant and I hate it. And honestly, like it has been something that I've had to heal from even my body image and how I look and that I'm so grateful that my son is here while also I hate that I have to experience this kind of like, I guess you can say result or consequence of it in such a kind of like drastic way, because this doesn't happen to all women. Um, and so even now, so I had to heal from my C-section, but now even now I'm healing from the, the image I have of myself. Um, and so that's just even as I'm recording this more recent news as being about two and a half years out, um, from having my son about two and a half years, but uh, that's something that I'm healing from, right? And I'm asking God to heal me from. And it's interesting because I was like crying about it last night and praying about it. And I was like, Lord, is is this vain? Like, I, I feel so silly wanting healing from this and wanting a healing view of this. Um, but yeah, this is how I feel. And so I think this is such a like side note thing, but like we get to bring to the Lord what we feel and what we're experiencing. And I think we, the enemy will convince us that something is small or something is vain or something is not necessary or something, um, is out of his, his will or something's out of his, um, his interest, but that's just not true. God cares about, uh, what we care about and what makes us cry and what is dear to our heart. Um, even if it does seem, uh, surface or vain, like it really, he really does care. So praise the Lord for that. But the other thing that I had to heal from in regards to emergency C-section was mentally. I had postpartum anxiety and I was just so anxious. Also, shout out to all my mamas who gave birth in a pandemic because it's just different. <laughs> it's just different. So part of that, I think, was that, right? So 2021, um, we're only about a year and two months after the pandemic and things are still very unclear, right? Um, and so having to heal mentally uh, from this anxiety that I felt, I mean, on top of all the intensity at the hospital where they're telling, it's like telling you all the reasons your baby can die and all the ways your baby can die. Um, and I'm like, can y'all relax? Can y'all chill? Because this is too much. <laughs> like I just had an emergency C-section. So from all the information that I got to all the worries I already had to the pandemic, it just, I was just so anxious. Um, and it was, I was not well, I was not well. And so I had to heal mentally. And so much of that looked like um, being able to say what I felt, being able to take a nap and be away from people when I needed to, like, it was just being able to be me and um, care for myself while also being able to care for a person, which was extra hard, but thank God for my husband. Um, so that was part of like my healing journey when it came to my emergency C-section mentally. Thankfully, I feel very free from that. I don't feel um, any form of anxiety when it comes um, to my son. Uh, there'll be moments where things come up, but it's not, it doesn't have elongated um, kind of feelings that, that simmer within my mind. 
Uh, and so that has been my experience. These four things, these four areas of my life that I've had feeling that I've had the most healing in that I, and also that I've needed the most healing in. Um, and I wanted to say what I needed healing in, in those areas, because I think that's important. We can just say, oh, someone lost a parent, but what do they need healing in? Is it emotionally? Is it mentally? Is it financially? Right. And so I mentioned the emotionally, the mentally, the physically, the spiritually, the relationally in my healing process, because so much of our healing is knowing what we need healing from just because me and the person next to me experience the exact same thing does not mean we need we're going to heal or we're going to need healing in the exact same thing we are dynamic human beings with different things and so i want to obviously touch on scripture because this is a podcast where we talk about god's word as well uh where that has really brought me comfort in the process of healing so first peter 5 10 uh, i was told this scripture a few years ago in the in the middle of a spiritual direction session and it just I don't know why it changed my life. I just, I can't tell you why. Um, actually, I can't tell you. Why. I'm going to tell you the, the specific words that transform my life in this verse. Okay, first, first Peter 5.10 says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Here's the two words that changed my life, or the two kind of parts in this scripture that changed my life when I heard it, where it says, after you suffered a little while it's the understanding that we're going to suffer right and and the thing is is that we already all already know this but for god for like it to be in scripture and god to acknowledge this too is i think so important because we need to know that god knows that we're suffering we can't just be suffering we need to have the comfort to know that god knows it too he is not uh putting a blind eye to it he's not wearing a veil he's not looking the other way he is seeing it and we see in Exodus that God sees his people, right, suffering, and he goes and responds. So this that part really is important to me. And I don't know why it brought me deep comfort. And then the second part that brought me massive comfort and transformed me was will himself restore, that he himself will restore, not just will restore, not will send someone to restore, not will give oil to restore. He himself will restore that he himself will come to do what needs to be done for our healing. If we think about the cross, that's exactly what this verse is even talking about. He himself came down. He himself. So I don't know if First Peter 5, 10 is ever a verse you ever heard or has ever been something that you read when finding comfort, but perhaps it might be the thing that if you read over and over and over again, can really understand and see how this is a blessing to us. It holds truth and it holds hope. The second verse is Isaiah 33, 2, where it says, Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. Be our strength every morning, our salvation in time of distress. This is a prayer I, I speak. Isaiah is a scripture that is often of prophecy. And it often is also describing people in suffering and people going through different things usually out of their own sin. But even still, in this scripture, we can be found, find comfort in this prayer that, God, we are asking you to be gracious with us, that we're communicating that we long for you, we desire you. We are also requesting that you be our strength, not just in general, but every morning. This means daily, that we're requesting your strength daily and that our salvation in time of distress, that you would be our salvation in time of distress, that we would not get saved or healed or anything by anything else, but that it would come from you and you alone. 
a question that I've been pondering uh, for a while now in my in my process of healing and just in the season of life. I am in a very painful and suffering season of life where there's just a lot going on in the background of my life with my family. And I'm having to think about this question. And this question is this. If in this lifetime I do not see the healing I seek and desire, what will be the conclusion that I have of God? So for you, if in this lifetime you do not see the healing you seek and desire, what will be your conclusion about God? What will be your conclusion about God? I think it's important that we ask us ourselves questions like this and that we reflect back on our healing and that we look at our healing now and that we hope for continued healing and that we tell the world of how he has healed us. If you haven't already heard and seen, I am coming out with a new journal. Uh, it is a book slash journal, but it's mainly a journal. The first few pages are a book just kind of walking through healing, teaching a little about healing and guiding you to the beginning of the journal. But really the, the vision of the journal was because I couldn't really find a resource for people who are looking to just heal, for people who are looking to grow with God in the understanding that he heals He's healing and he will heal. And not all healing will occur on this side of eternity. But even in the midst of that, how will we hang on to radical hope? And so that's what Sanada and Selah is. It's a guide for us to live with hope and healing. If you want to learn more about it or check out the details around it, you can go over to the show notes and the link. It's specifically going to only be live and open to purchase with the relaunch of the shop from October 22nd to October 29th. So it's not that you can just get it whenever. So if you're listening to this episode after October 29th, I'm sorry, but also email me. So let's talk about it because I can get it for you. Um, it's not that like it's at the end of the world. So please email me if you are listening to this after October 29th. But if not, make sure you save the day for October 22nd to 29th. I feel like this would be a really helpful tool. Um, a lot of kind of what I talked about today are in process of healing and what I went through healing um, is kind of like the foundational tools that I put in here in the journal. And so check it out or maybe even get it for someone that you love. It would be a beautiful Christmas gift or just birthday gift or general just because it's Tuesday gift, right? So I hope that y'all can be encouraged by my healing journey, by what God has done, how he has healed me and how he's still healing me and that you would find comfort in knowing um, that we are just all going to go through so many different things. Uh, God remains good and he himself will restore us, that he will make us strong, firm and steadfast in Jesus name. Y'all, I pray that conversation blessed you and that you're able to apply something you either learned or heard to your continued growth on your faith journey. I invite you to study more on the scriptures we talked about on this episode and don't let any conviction you experience go without prayer and action. Share any thoughts or testimonies you may have by leaving us a rate or review and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Meet us next time for another episode and if you don't already, follow us on Instagram following at PD or at we.r.fool to learn more about our growing community and get connected with us.